politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, and property and our right to exist as human beings. We don't have King George these days, but we have the federal government. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back today, heading towards the end of the week, Thursday, getting towards my vacation time at the end of the summer. But there is so much to talk about. We don't even have time for a vacation. Because nowadays, the enemy is from within. Okay, it's not King George. And today, we're going to ask the question, why even have a federal government? And it's a loaded question, because it's a rhetorical question. It's not why even have it. It's once the government no longer serves its few and defined, that is the federal government, few and defined proper functions, then it's a double-edged sword, and you're only going to get the tyranny, not the benefits from the government. So affirmatively, we can answer we shouldn't have one. Now, not that I think we're ever going to be able to abolish the federal government, but I think making this argument will further buttress the national divorce and the way we get there, which is widespread state interposition in the mold that Madison laid out in Federalist 46. And we're now at a juncture, really a crossroads. You would think CDC and NIH would have done this, FDA. People would have realized from COVID fascism that, uh, dude, we got to do something very dramatic and drastic at a state and local level to interpose against this tyranny. Somehow that didn't do it, which is bizarre. But now this focus on Trump and the FBI, it's a perfect opportunity to demonstrate, yes, the FBI, DHS, um, ATF, IRS, and obviously CDC, they're all a problem. They are tantamount to a standing army greater in size than our founders envisioned for the military. They pose a greater threat to our lives than you could imagine. And the reality is, two weeks into this discussion, there's not much guidance as to what to do about this and how to harness this this great moment, a great reawakening that people finally realize the gravity of the situation we live in. So I want to I want to start off framing that where is our federal government today? What is the state of play? Everything is upside down inside out. And how the fact that they are repudiating their their job to protect our liberty and our security and domestic tranquility that actually makes them a greater threat because all of those resources that are supposed to go towards combating mainly foreign enemies is now going to be used for us. And I want to bring that out in a couple of examples. First, our sponsor today, one of the first few rights that you have left is self-defense, the Second Amendment. Folks, you know who you are, okay? Those of you who are into guns but then don't know how to use one, and you'll kind of look like one of those IRS agents on those goofy uh, queer training videos they have. If you come out to our next training constitutional defense course hosted by America's Constitution Coach Rick Green of Patriot Academy, you will come out an expert after that four-day course. Okay, what are the details? September 25th to 29th is one course. If you can't make it then, there's October 2nd to 6th, where the Whittington NRA Center in Northeast 
New Mexico, beautiful country. It's a four-day course through Patriot Academy. You could sign up for and, and find out all the details at patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. What do we do? We're out on the range for four days where you learn trigger control. You learn you, you go through all sorts of, sorts of drills, drawing from the holster, uh, two shots to the chest, one to the head, timed shots, how to properly make that five-point draw from the holster, which very few people really have mastered how to clear malfunctions. And then you have the best company, Patriots from this audience elsewhere, beautiful weather. It, it's going to be a blast. I unfortunately can't attend this session, but I will hopefully be at the next one. But that shouldn't stop you from coming. Again, sign up today at patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Okay. So there is an image that if you haven't seen by now, it was put out on video by Bill Malugin, who is a terrific reporter for Fox, their border reporter. Uh, before that, he reported on jailbreak in California because he was a local California Fox affiliate guy. Terrific reporting. There's a video of the there, there's there's this gate. It's not it's not a n- national border fence. It's a, it's a private ranch, and you know there were illegals who wanted to come in, and the Texas Guard closed the gates. And then on the video, you see shortly afterwards, Border Patrol shows up and opens the gates to let the illegal invaders in the country. And to me, that was a perfect, perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. I wrote a column for today, why do we, or 4.9 million reasons why we no longer need a federal government. And it's a reference to the fact that there's been 4.9 million known illegal incursions since Biden took office. And the point was, obviously, the number one job of of, of a federal government is what? National defense. Okay, to protect from foreign enemies in particular. That everyone agrees is the number one job. Now, people think, oh, you mean like military, overseas, Afghanistan? No, 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 no. No, it means our own border. Now, it means the border patrol. Now, we don't have to have a border patrol. It's only because we don't use the military for it. I'm all for not having a border patrol and using the military for it. As long as you don't have them conduct interior stuff, but at the actual border, that's what why, why we have a military, not to engage in escapades in Somalia and Afghanistan, okay, and to have, promote elections in, in, in Baghdad and Fallujah. This is why we have a federal government. Yet not only are they not doing their job, they are working together with the cartels to complete this smuggling conspiracy and they prevent the states from stepping up. Meaning, what I'm saying we don't need a federal government is that this is emblematic of everything they're doing. Federal government has resources, not only the constitutionally delegated resources laid out in our constitution, but resources beyond imagine, right? And, and we're going to quantify that in a minute, what those resources are that aren't DOD. They're not even the military. And not only are they not used for their purpose, but they break the social compact. They serve as a conduit into our country of all the foreign influences, China and the immigration problems, the border problems, all the criminal activity. And then they use those resources You'd be like, okay, well, the feds don't do it. The states could at least step up. 
No, because then they use it to undermine the states from doing it. That is the entire purpose of our federal government, to undermine the ability of states doing the job they should be doing. And then obviously, well, if they're no longer doing their job, what are they going to do with all those resources? Yes, you guessed it. They're going to use it against us. You know, this is also exemplified through a, a Washington Times story. Federal sanctuary marshal services to stop holding illegal immigrants. Now, you have to understand, again, Mike Pence, this jerk-off, said, you know, those who are calling to abolish the FBI are no different than those calling to abolish the police. Uh, no, because the police were a vital, needed tool of government, but at local government. We don't need, we weren't supposed to have a federal police, okay? We were supposed to have a military to deal with foreign invaders. Let's be clear about that. I was the biggest pro-law enforcement guy forever, but... You know, okay, so then over time, we had certain federal crimes even domestically. Okay, we could justify that maybe. Fine, you have a marshal service. Okay, but but why all these agencies? You have to understand, at its core, law enforcement is local. So at its core, if you have a federal law enforcement agency, what should be its predominant purview? Foreign nationals, right? And indeed... A whopping 37% of those in custody custody at a given time of the U.S. Marshals are foreign nationals. Now they're announcing they're going to stop holding those illegals on behalf of ICE so ICE could pick them up. Again, they're not doing their core job. So what do you think that extra space and all that manpower and resources and technology and digital technology and surveillance and money is going to be used for. Notice they empty the prisons, they empty the ice capacity, now they're emptying the marshal service of, of illegals. You guessed it, it will be used against you and me. Okay, I want you to keep that in mind. That is the design. Keep in mind that law enforcement is the blunt bluntest tool the police power is the bluntest tool of a government now at some level you need some degree of it because that's why you need a government because otherwise you have anarchy which could lead to tyranny you know people the the survival of the fittest people could just come and take away life liberty and property you need a way of securing the blessings of liberty but it was mainly a military at a federal level now cbp is law enforcement but, but that's because we don't have the military do it. There's no reason we can't have the military do it. But okay, you have CBP, fine. You have Border Patrol, fine. But no, they're abolishing that. Notice they're only ramping up the purview of the federal government that shouldn't be the purview. It's against you and me. Keep in mind, Madison actually feared state tyranny more than federal tyranny. Because if you look at the design, the feds were supposed to pretty much just deal with foreign commerce, foreign invasions, and that's it. You Once you establish uniform, you know, uniformity of trade and weights and measures and, and currency and things like that, what else are you going to do already? 
he he originally wanted to give Congress veto power over state legislatures because the state had all the police power. He was worried more about state tyranny. But now we not only have DHS, FBI, ATF, DEA, which are larger than the standing army the founders envisioned, but you have, and I'm going to talk about this on the other side of our commercial here, you're going to have, you have tactical response teams in the Department of Education, the Department of Labor, and yes, Fauci's National Institutes of Health, NIH, has a tactical team. So that, so this is a different era, and we need to respond appropriately. But remember, police power is a double-edged sword. It's necessary at some level to some degree, but it's obviously the biggest potential for, for tyranny in a government. So once you have a federal government that is literally repudiating any of it, 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 it works with China, it works to screw us you know, internationally with, with NATO, getting us involved in everything we shouldn't, doesn't do the job of the border, and in fact prevents the states from enforcing the border, what do you think that's going to be used for? Quite literally, there is no positive purpose to maintaining a federal government now. It's all pain and no gain. Now, piggybacking off of our other sponsor today, once you go to Patriot Academy and you learn how to properly use a gun, then the key is muscle memory. Practice, practice, practice. Practice that draw. Now, as you well know, it is very expensive. It's a very expensive hobby uh, to keep going to the range and downing 300 rounds at every uh, training that's where dry fired practice comes in, and I recommend iTarget Pro. What they have is a dummy laser bullet. You fit it, you put in your gun. It fits any uh, uh, common caliber two two three in your rifle, and certainly all the um, handgun rounds from nine millimeter, forty five cal, thirty eight special. You name it. Go to iTargetPro.com and get ten percent off plus free shipping with offer code CR. What does that mean? That means with your purchase, after one training session, you download their propriety app, you you shine your, your iPhone on it, and then it renders your shots. You could literally time your draw, muscle memory, trigger control, sight alignment, picture alignment, um, all that muscle memory, everything except for the kickback, except for the recoil. And honestly, you shouldn't be anticipating that. So if you get that muscle memory down, dry fire practices everything. And you can even do it without a laser bu bullet too, but it makes it more fun and more you know realistic and you're able to kind of motivates you more because it's hard to do it without it. So again, that's why I recommend don't lose your training um, you know, just because it's too expensive. Go to the letter I targetpro.com itargetpro.com offer code CR so folks i want to first just just demonstrate how large this leviathan is and you know i was one of these guys kind of like pedal to the metal law enforcement pro law enforcement and principally i i haven't changed but as rush limbaugh said you have to live in the world you live in conservatism is the study of Literalism of the world the way it exists, not the world the way you want it. So you can't be involved in this nostalgia of law enforcement. 
We understand the way the federal government is today. And the ATF and FBI and certainly IRS and all these DHS agencies, they ain't going to be on your side. According to CRS report, out of only 13 agencies that responded to their survey, I looked this up. Um, so not all of them even responded, but they asked them, hey, do you have tactical teams? There are a total of 271 federal tactical teams across the different offices. There are now 200,000 federal employees outside of DOD. This is not the Army. 200,000 that carry guns in addition to badges. Okay? 200,000. That is larger than the current size of the U.S. Marines. Think about that. Um, we've had, and, you know, he's been a leader on this. We've uh, John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He has a column out saying the IRS has stockpiled 4,500 guns, 5 million rounds of ammo, including 60, 621 shotguns, 539 long barrel rifles, 15 submachine guns. The VA, the veterans, well, well I mean, we have a military. Veterans are, you, you just take care of them. Well, why do they need a, to purchase this? They purchased 11 million rounds of ammo, along with camo, riot helmets, shields, specialized image enhancement devices, tactical lighting, um, HHS, I mean, these are the losers at, at CDC and, and you name it, acquired 4 million rounds of ammo in addition to 1,300 guns, including five submachine guns, 189 automatic firearms for its Office of Inspector General. I mean, this is, this is out of control. So, so, Social Security Administration secured 800,000 rounds of ammo for their special agents. The EPA owns 600 guns. Smithsonian now employs 620 armed special agents. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. It's out of control. You have the U.S. Mint that that has a special tactical team. Um, among agencies being supplied with night vision equipment, body armor, hollow point bullets, shotguns, drones, assault rifles, and LP gas cannons are Smithsonian, U.S. Mint, HHS, IRS, FDA, Small Business Administration, SSA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, Department of Education, Department of Energy, Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Uh, <laughs> dude, what the heck? So, you know, this is, this is out of control. This is out of control. This needs to be stopped. This is a huge problem. Okay, when Madison feared... You know, they feared a standing army and they wanted to keep it, you know, limited to a certain purview. Um, they never envisioned something like this. This, this. this federal police force. Again, we're not talking about the military. And we're talking about, you know, not even including the FBI or DEA and, and certainly ICE and, and uh, CBP, which its purview is supposed to be exclusively foreign nationals dealing with their right to enter and, and come in here, which is fine because that's not a right. So, you know, even if they're overzealous, okay, whoops, you know, you're thrown out, but you don't have a right to be here. It's not a matter of locking up someone in jail, you know, an American citizen, but, you know, you have all these other agencies. Madison explained the design of the federal state system. It's important to review this as follows. Federalist 45. The powers delegated by the proposed constitution of the federal government are few and defined. 
those which are to remain to the state governments are numerous and indefinite. Now, we've talked about before, there are limits to that. You can't violate basic human natural rights like making someone wear a mask or get a jab. The former will be exercised, meaning the federal, will be exercised principally on external objects as war, peace, negotiation, foreign commerce, with which the last power of taxation will, for, for the most part, be connected. The powers reserved to several states will extend to all the objects which, in the ordinary course of affairs, concern, concern the lives, liberties, and properties of the people and the internal order, improvement, and prosperity of the state. The operation of the federal government will be most extensive and important in times of war and danger. Those of the state governments in times of peace and security, as the former periods will probably bear a small proportion to the latter, meaning we shouldn't always be at war, the state governments will here enjoy enjoy another advantage over the federal government. So why did he not fear federal tyranny so long as his design was followed? Well, let's continue in Federalist 45. The more adequate indeed the federal powers may be rendered to the national defense, the less frequent will be those scenes of danger which might favor their ascendancy over the governments of the states. And that was the point. If you have just enough defined resources being used for national defense, okay, they're kept busy. But what happens if the resources are out of control, not just the military, but a police power designed to deal with internal affairs? And then, of course, they don't deal with their purview. They actually work against our national defense. They help the invaders. Well, that's what you have today. That's what you have today, where you have a DHS and a DOJ that's more militarized than, than, the, than what they envisioned a military looking like. That is the point. Once they are no longer helping in their job, what's their job? Okay, what's, what's the job of the federal government? Why do they need it? Establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. But now that they abrogate our, our national defense, okay, they have injustice, a two-tier justice system, they fan the flames of violence and the opposite of domestic tranquility. Think about the Whitmer kidnapping plot we talked about yesterday. They gut our military. They empower the cartels to control our border. They block the states from properly securing the border themselves. And they create monopolies for transhumanist WEF types at the expense of the general welfare and liberties of the whole of the people. They create special interests over a purview of the whole of the people equal under the law. They do the opposite. So not only don't we need a federal government, we shouldn't even have it at this point. right? You're never going to fix it. Now, obviously, again, we're not going to abolish it, but it is our job to at least work towards interposing against it. Interposing against it. So we don't need that federal government anymore, and nor should we have it. So what comes next? That's interposition. We need to figure out how to go and work against the IRS, the FBI, DHS, criminalizing humanity. And by the way, you know, CDC announced yesterday that whole press conference with Walorski. She uh, said, yeah, we've made a lot of mistakes, but not the mistakes you and I would say. It's almost like they felt that they didn't have enough of a coherent, coordinated tyrannical autocratic response like 
it wasn't like, oh, we did stupid, illogical, illegal, inhumane, immoral things. No, it was like we didn't have enough of a well-oiled machine to properly enforce and speak with one voice. So that's what they're working on now. So we need a way of interposing against the FDA, NIH, CDC, IRS, all the three-letter uh, agencies, which are worse than four-letter words. We need a way of interposing. How do you interpose? Madison made it very clear during the nullification debate in the famous Virginia resolution. The states who are parties thereto, meaning to this constitution, have the right and are indeed are, are in duty bound to interpose for arresting the progress of evil, meaning perpetrated by the federal government. They have a duty, and this is why they left the states intact. They wanted another filter. And likewise, look, if the state is tyrannical, the feds, we have a federal government, you could come in there and whatever. But, but everyone, you need to leverage whatever power, doctrine of least magistrate, to fight back. This is so important in the time we live in. And again, he thought of that at a time when we didn't have the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents and, 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 the, and the Bureau of Land Management and, and the uh, you know um, Department of Education SWAT team. <laughs> um, this is what we need to think about. Now, how do you engage in this? The blueprint is in Federalist 46, the very next Federalist paper. 45 is how he defines the arrangement. 46 is, okay, let's say the federal government gets out of hand. And Madison, you see, he laughs it off. Because again, he's like, dude, you're closest to the people. If the people are on your side, and you're all together, and you don't want to be governed by this external federal tyranny, you have all the power. Now remember, that was before all these agencies, when it was just kind of a small military. But even with all that, the principles still apply. And basically the way he explains it is that you would have the governor, the legislature working together, most likely beginning with a large state. Think Florida, Texas. They would then bind together, communicate with other states, adjacent states, harness the morality, the law, and the popular sentiment of the people. And he showed that that would be an unstoppable force in basically thwarting what he called the officers of the union. You just say, screw you. We're not doing anything. What are you going to do about it, buddy? Now, what he didn't envision is this party system and the, then the uniparty where basically you'd have the people would elect, uh, you know, the party that's on paper opponents of the party in charge at the federal level. But in reality, they're the same thing. So they undermine the people. But if you actually had a government working together, it is so easy. And we talked about yesterday this four step plan of uh, the chief financial officer of Florida. Uh, what's his name? Um, his name is Jimmy Petronis. And by the way, I made a mistake yesterday. I thought he was a political appointee. No, he actually was elected in 2018. It's an elected position. And he's, he's awesome, this guy. i got to get him on the show. He laid out a plan to do exactly that. Harness the sentiment of the people. How do you do that? This is an information war. Okay? It's an, we're in an information war. So... Typically, the problem that happens 
is that the FBI hatches a plan, entraps people, and then, boom, they come out and leak it to the media, and we look like a bunch of lunatic criminals. Look at what they were planning on doing. And then drip, drip, drip. Over time, the truth comes out about January 6th, but it's already etched in the minds of people that January 6th was, like, worse than the Holocaust, okay? So... This way, what his idea is to set up a plan where the state has oversight over the banks and and has a weekly report of IRS activities. So they could see right away, if nip it in the bud, are they targeting small business owners? Are they targeting, you know, politically conservative people? And they could leak that out and get ahead of it. So before they build their case, it's really an information war. It's very important. Gather the information, the data, the oversight. Don't undercount um, the importance of that information warfare. And then he talked about then the sanctuary part, protecting your people, um, funding trust funds to fund laws- lawsuits and protect them because they can't get legal rep- representation. We're seeing that a lot, those that are targeted by the IRS. And again, this could be done for FBI, ATF, same thing. He, he, he mentions it for IRS, but I think more gravely is the power certainly of the FBI and the ATF to, to go after people criminally you get ahead of it. You warn. You protect. Okay? Then he goes on to his third thing, which was create a licensing scheme where basically every IRS agent has to register with the state. If you want to operate there, I would apply it again, the FBI ATF. That's a way of vetting. If we find that you have woke social media, that you're not going to be you know, fairly and equally enforce the laws of the federal government, then screw you. You don't get a license. And that's, again, a way of exposing who it is and then putting it online. Who are all the agents operating within the state? Who are the FBI agents? Who's the ATF? Who's the IRS? Again, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's talking about the IRS. I say we apply it to everyone. And then finally, the trigger is number four, establishing criminal penalties. Enforceable by law. Basically, when you catch federal agents going after people that prima facie the underlying motivation is political and those are the statutes immediately we need immediate special session and that's part of this um information warfare part of the dramatic nature of getting the legislature in session even in the summer and doing it in multiple states and multiple governors and attorneys general all working together Work together to educate and train the sheriffs and the county law enforcement on how to combat and enforce the law against these guys. Now, I would love to see state, state um, uh, national guards or state guards, I mean, as the Florida, Florida has created and use that force to roam the state, not against the people. Their purview would be exclusively interposing against Agencies like the FBI, arresting FBI agents. And I'm telling you, it wouldn't come to this. We're still in a cold war. I want to make that very clear. The reason why I am so urgent about this is because we have that narrow window. It's a cold war. Now, for, for individuals who are attacked by the FBI, it's a hot war. It may as well be a war. They're destroying their lives. But it's not like what I'm saying is they're not yet at the point where they want to ha- get, in, get into a shooting war with a state. So now is the time to start saying get off our lawn and to show that that force. So I'm going to have a column out explaining that tomorrow. But I just want to talk a little bit about what I'm seeing with this federal tyranny. Gateway Pundit had a, had a great article that Peter Strzok, who was the 
poster child for the political politicization and political persecution uh, being made the number one purview of the FBI, that he was really a CIA agent, likely at the heart of the Mar-a-Lago raid, but being used using the FBI as a front. So this is how they're they're violating the law. They have all these domestic law enforcement agencies, and they're using now, and likely DOD too, and CIA, but using it as a front. Um, so I, I recommend that article. I don't have time to get into it now, but it's it's very, very important that Peter Strzok was likely working both for the FBI and CIA. And the reason why that resonates with me is because Dr. Andrew Huff, he was the guy who exposed that um, that Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance was a CIA operative. And you had the FBI field office in Michigan raiding his home, the same FBI office that was involved in the, the Whitmer kidnapping plot. And then the guy who oversaw that office um, was then elevated to the D.C. office, which oversaw the January 6th plot. So he told me, um, you know, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, but he told me over the phone recent, more recently that he got more confirmation that it was really the CIA at the heart of this. Could you imagine the CIA working to surveil and break into the home domestically of someone who didn't even commit a crime, much less a foreign crime involved in foreign intelligence. But again, they use the FBI. That's what they do. It's, it's one seamless thing. And that's how they break the law. These people are literally terrorists. Everything we feared post 9-11 um, of these guys doing, they're, of, of like Al-Qaeda doing, the FBI and CIA are doing. And again, they're, they're engaging in biological warfare. And, and, and now's a good time to transpose it because we're going to have a, our, our guest on, our guest segment a little, little bit later today, back to COVID. It, COVID fascism ties into this. This is why I believe that at its heart, everyone's focused on Fauci and the NIH, but Andrew Huff believes that at its core, the creation of the virus and the vaccine and the creation of many more is more a CIA DOD operation. And the reason why this is so, so important is because there's a very important article out by Whitney Webb in unlimitedhangout.com. RNA for Moderna's Omicron booster manufactured by CIA-linked company. Let me just preface this by saying something very interesting. At least with Pfizer, we've gotten a court ruling. We have a bunch of information documents. Notice on Moderna, we have nothing. Moderna's a complete mystery. Pfizer, we know, is not made up. They've been around forever. It's the epitome of pharma. They got in on it. When exactly they did, I don't know. But Moderna existed quietly since 2012. They patented uh, sequences for mRNA coronavirus vaccines way back when. They never produced a product to market, but the suddenly now led on the biggest response ever. And then suddenly, once they did that, they have 15 mRNAs ready to go within the next one to, one to three years. The first one being their RSV corona flu triple combo. How the heck does that happen? And the evidence we discussed is a little bit in one chapter in our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich. And again, you can get that at trialsandexecution.com. They are likely a federal intel 
slash defense front group. Okay, it's it's clear. So what's interesting is what comes out now is the UK became the first to approve this first tri- or bivalent um, Omicron multivariant shot that they're concocting. And this one Moderna is leading on, not Pfizer. Now, Pfizer, we know, had a partner, BioNTech. Moderna, until now, had no stated partner. Okay, there was no stated partner. But now, suddenly, with this new version, they quietly announced last September that a company called National Resilience would begin manufacturing the mRNA for Moderna COVID-19 vaccine products. So this one, they have this partner. National Resilience was founded in November 2020. Think about that. I mean, you're big. This is the major leagues, the big pandemic. You're producing a thing. Company just created. Describes itself as a manufacturing technology company dedicated to broadening access to complex medicines and protecting biopharmaceutical supply chains against disruption. It's been building a sustainable network of high-tech end-to-end manufacturing solutions with the aim to ensure the medicines of today and tomorrow can be made quickly, safely, and at scale. Boy, is that creepy. Um, so... The company initially marketed its manufacturing capabilities as a resilience platform and offers principally, principally RNA modalities, including RNA development for vaccines, gene editing and therapeutics, and virus production. It's, that's a quote, by the way. Virus production, including viral vectors. I mean, th- these guys are worse bioterrorists than any speculative fear that we had of Islamic terrorists and they have the capabilities beyond belief and the money and the resources. It's literally like a gain-of-function gang. It's a young company, very few clients. Where's their capital? It only acquired its first commercial manufacturing plant a little over a year ago in Boston. It's just bizarre. In April 2021, National Resilience acquired Ology Bioservices, which had received a $37 million contract from the U.S. military the previous November to develop an advanced anti-COVID monoclonal antibody treatment. Um, National Resilience entered into a partnership with the government of Canada in July. And, uh, you know, they're going to engage in a bunch of research for them. According to National Resilience Executives, the company's ambitions apparently go far beyond manufacturing RNA and viruses. Resilience CNO Rahul Singhavi has claimed that the company is seeking to build the world's most advanced biopharmaceutical manufacturing ecosystem. Think about transhumanism, folks. Prior to Resilience, Singhavi was CEO of Novavax. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, this is where we are, folks. And and it's it's a long article. They go through um, different uh, connections they have. Resilience's co-founder is Robert Nelson. Um, 
who was one of the earliest investors in Illumina, Illumina, Illumina California-based gene sequencing hardware and software giant. Um, Illumina is closely tied to DARPA. Um, so there's a lot of different ties there through their their you know personal um per, per, per their personnel their top executive management uh the idea for the resilience had actually come from someone else Luciana Borio um Nelson revealed that it was while taking talking to Borio about her work running pandemic preparedness on the National Security Council that it helped lead to the launch of um resilience so there's a ties to the NSC. So folks, this is all one big cesspool. CIA, FBI, CDC, all these supposed private companies, and Moderna straight up is a, is a federal front. Straight up. There's no question about it. All working to do the exact opposite of what a federal government was created. It was created to keep out bioterrorism to keep out the Chinese influence and the invaders. And now they're being used to invade our country with illegal aliens, to decimate our country with pathogens and vaccines that work like pathogens. You know, there's a crazy article out how the U.S. case might tie into the global upswing in polio. NPR, brand new article. The Americans were declared polio-free in 1994, but now there's a new case that indicates community transmission in the United States, and they talk about vaccine-derived polio, that they believe it's vaccine-derived polio, and we're seeing this in Africa, they admit straight up, that the vaccine is creating it. It's an NPR article. Is polio making a comeback? This is what they're doing. They're infecting us. So not only are they dangerous, they spread the freaking pathogen. And as I noted earlier this week, it's very likely monkeypox could be doing that too. I'm just warning you. Don't laugh it off as a orgy-induced thing. Now it is. But what if the vaccine helps spread it? Ask yourselves this. What worse could a federal government do to people? In your wildest imaginations post-9-11 of Al-Qaeda and bioterrorism, what do you think they can do that would have been worse than what we have already proven they've done to us and we're just uncovering this. It's likely much worse. But what I'm telling you is it goes to DOD, CIA. They're so rotten, they're not only not doing their job, they're doing what's antithetical to their job. It's time for national divorce, state interposition. We don't need a federal government. The federal government is a terrorist organization and that is proven by what they've done to us. So folks, it looks like we are not going to have enough time for our guest today. I was going to have Tammy Clark on to discuss the state of play with masks, but I figure it's already late. We're going to continue on this theme. I want to give her more time because this really is not going away. I mean, you have a good percentage of kids in school still, even something this repudiated, this illogical, inhumane. People belong in jail for doing it, yet they're able to put, almost put you in jail for not doing it. And it bothers me that we, no matter how many tailwinds we get, it's pretty good now. People get what's going on. They get the problems with it, both the FBI and CDC. And yet we're still kind of aimless. Well, Trump, vote Republican. Eh, what are you going to do about it? What's your long-term plan? I am giving you that lighthouse 
You're in the sea. I'm giving you the direction and the motor to get there. Your end goal needs to be to neuter the federal government as much as you can and create a sanctuary county, sanctuary state, interpose, and this is what you need to do. These are the things you need to do. It's that simple. Anything else is a waste of time. You know, you look at the elections, and so far this season, Republican turnout relative to 2018, meaning the last midterms, is up 19%, and Democrat turnout is down 7%. And everyone's crowing about that. So people are excited to vote. But what are you going to do with it? Okay? And do what? And then they go away, and they lose all their energy. Again, back to the federal government, I could not have ever dreamt of a degree of bioterrorism from even Al-Qaeda. Ethical Skeptic has out CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Reports. You look at it, and you look at the different ailments. You look at the surveillance for cancer. And at some point, you can't deny this. There is a straight line up in cancer surveillance beginning week 14 in 2021. That, that's roughly in April. That's when younger people started getting it. Critical mass started getting, you know, it was January, February was early. Also takes a little bit of time to register. The timing is perfect. And again, you know, where I live in my neighborhood endlessly, I've never in my life seen so many people die young, suddenly, unexplained. It happens from time to time. But not this much. And what's so sad is there's, there's a lot of people, picture these people in their 50s and 60s. They're getting older, but they're not seniors. And, you know, they've always had diabetes, heart, you know, these conditions, but they live normal lives. And, and look, inevitably, some of them, it does, the condition does get them, even though they weren't severely ill at any one point, but it kind of collapses them suddenly, and they die young. I mean, actuarially, you could prove that. But there are too many of those people. They're all like, oh, COVID's a big problem for them. Yeah, but you know what's also a big problem? Spiking up their body with, with dose, endless doses. And those people were all, and I can't blame them, were terrified into thinking they needed four doses. Well, what do you think that's going to do to them? They're going to be even more prone than anyone else to have um, cardiac issues from, from the spike. The solution was always to deal with anticoagulants, anti-inflammatories, not put something that's pro-inflammatory and pro-coagulant in your body. Then again, the solution was always to never create the thing. See, that's what you can't forget. Everyone's like, well, why would you do something this stupid? Why, why? And that's when we fin- it finally clicked when we had all this information harking back to CIA and Moderna. Well, the reason they didn't want to properly deal with it, and to this day, even after everything we know, we won't, they won't end it, because it was never about properly dealing with it. Because it was never about dealing with it. Because it was launched on purpose. Now, they brainwashed all these losers downstream to think that this is what you have to do, and then they were kind of in that zone now. But at some level, yes, this was planned. There's no question about that. I mean, just look at the polio information from NPR. Do you think that's normal? That's by accident? Oh, we, just, we didn't know. A live replicating competent uh, vaccine is just, yeah. You, you freaking eradicated it, and now you're, you're bringing it back? 
And it's not like they're saying that they're going to stop even after these discoveries. That, that's what this has brought out, that you could see something blatantly in the data, in the studies, in the real world experience in front of you, and they'll double down on it, they'll step on the, ga- on the accelerator. That's not about a different view, a different look of it, a mistake, incompetence, bureaucracy. That's the Fourth Reich. So, why do we need the federal government? Well, we certainly don't if it's the Fourth Reich. We need to get rid of it. And until then, we need to just, you know, keep it in a box as much as it can. And this is the solution for it. For those of you who've never heard this, it's it's worth repeating Federalist 46. Madison explains the recipe, and listen to these words, and as I'm reading it to you, I want you to think in the modern era politically what that looks like. So he's talking about after the feds promulgate something totally unlawful, tyrannical, whatever, encroach on on, on the power of the people. The disquietude of the people, meaning you stoke them up, their repugnance, and perhaps refusal to cooperate with the officers of the union, the frowns of the executive magistracy of the state, the embarrassments created by legislative devices, which would often be added on such occasions, would oppose in any state difficulties not to be despised, would form in a large state very serious impediments, and where the sentiments of several adjoining states happen to be in unison— would present obstructions which the federal government would hardly be willing to encounter. In other words, his point was, at first it starts off with popular sentiment. Before we get, Daniel, what do we do about it? First, just recognize it's illogical, inhumane, illegal, and immoral. Repugnant. Just delegitimize it. At least in word and amongst each other. Oh, well, well, this is the new edict. This is the new rule. No, no, no. You can't do that. And it's evil, too, while you're at it. Mentally ill, evil, inhumane, and certainly illegal. Then you start working. The magistrate, he's talking about the governor, the legislature. Start in a large state. Move on to adjacent states. Do the same thing. And you do that, it's like, it's true. The federal government can't do anything about it. Look, we were on the receiving end of this. With the sanctuary cities. If they want to gum up the works and do everything they can to harbor illegals, it was very hard, and they, they kind of won out on that. That was a legitimate federal power. But um, certainly when it's, when it's an illegitimate federal power, and that was to protect foreign criminals. Remember that? I mean, the whole sanctuary city thing, these were, and, and, and remember, ICE is exclusively targeting like the real bad ones. So these were foreign national pedophiles often, and they would protect them, and they succeeded. That's where it's at. This is how you do it. Madison predicted that the states working together and fanning that popular sentiment against the feds, it would create this sort of synergistic momentum of resistance, and and the feds would be neutered. Ambitious encroachments of the federal government on the authority of the state governments would not excite the opposition of a single state or of a few states only. They would be signals of general alarm. Every government would espouse the common cause. A correspondence would be open. Plans of resistance would be concerted. One spirit would animate and conduct the whole. The same combinations, in short, would result 
from an apprehension of the federal as was produced by the dread of a foreign yoke, meaning just the same way you would fight like England, and unless the projected innovation should be voluntarily renounced, the same appeal to a trial of force would be made in the one case as was made in the other. And and that's that's the point here. That's the point. The problem is us. If we actually wanted to stand up against this, what are, you, what are they going to do? Remember when I said when you're an elected official, you're not just a vote, but you're a voice. Imagine if this show every day were reflected in your state and federal reps of that state. And the feds I don't care about, but I'm just saying they help with the kind of messaging. That's what Anthony Sabatini was talking about, you know, why he wants to run for the federal federal office. He's not just kind of thinking he could fix the federal government, but to help kind of fan the flames of making Florida more independent. You correspond with each other. You all, and, and the left does this all the time. This is what Steve Dace always says is we're not governed by the rule of law. It's the rule of political will. Whoever has it wins. So the left if they want something done, it gets done. The law doesn't matter. We certainly could do that when they're lawless. And so much so that he even laughs off. He's like, but what would be the contest in this case? Meaning he's saying like, how would the feds even do something like this? Who would be the parties? A few representatives of the people would be opposed to the people themselves, or rather one set of representatives would be contending against 13 sets of representatives with the whole body of their common constituents on the on the side of the ladder. In other words, his point was, how do you have a couple of people usurping? Now, again, to be fair, you know, that was back when he they considered the tyranny would be the legislature, meaning Congress, the federal legislature. Now it's an entire deep state apparatus working with the, every corporation, every media, every everything, with the technology and everything. It's so, certainly more formidable. I don't want to dismiss it. But the point was the, that he was espousing, which is broadly true today, is that it's a reflection of the people. If the people were truly red in the red states and focused, too, this is the key, focused, your elected representatives, at least at a state and local level, should reflect that. And if it does, it, it would be so hard for the feds to uh, reap the benefits of their usurpation and actually implement it. Even Hamilton, who was the biggest supporter of a robust federal, federal government, this, this was Federalist 33, said, It will not follow from this doctrine that the acts of the large society, which are not pursuant to its constitutional powers, but which are invasions of the residuary uh, authorities, the smaller societies, will become the supreme law of the land. No, it won't. Meaning you'll just treat them like usurpations. Done. We're not doing it. Now, an individual, he'll get mowed down. But if you do it like this, it's very hard for them to actualize. And I think um, kudos to the CFO of Florida, Jimmy Petronas, for putting out this plan of how the state could work to help the people. demonstrate. It's not just the kind of implementation of his plan but the messaging behind it and the helping out on lawsuits that hey look we got your back it's 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 a green light to tell the feds to 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 screw off and we're not only gonna help not help the feds go after you we're gonna interpose between your liberties and the feds that's what needs to happen but here we are again two weeks into this and it's trump nasal naval gazing but no real concrete plan to do anything about it. 
It's just so annoying. It's bizarre too. I just I just don't get it. And by the way, another thing on the whole federal system, every conservative is all for, oh, let's give more defense spending. For what? Now that we explain the way the federal government is, and, and, and this show is an IQ test, whether you understand what time it is and what they are and aren't about, you're funding more tyranny. Daniel, I thought we were all for the military. That doesn't exist. We are. It's not that our principles have changed. Again, it's like saying you're, you're, you're in a war and you have a kind of an, an array of armaments and weapons and you're big fans of those weapons and you use them. But then one day you have incompetent generals or subversive generals and they overrun you and they capture those weapons. Well, now I can't have nostalgia about those weapons. I have to work to blow them up. Not only are they no longer in my possession as a tool for good, they're a tool to destroy me. If you kind of follow that analogy, so any of these institutions that there's nostalgia about, that's over with. The Senate is bragging they have this NDAA. Literally, the military, by the way, just came out with a, I I haven't combed through it, but the DOD has a report, 100-page report on vaccine injury. They finally put it out. And there's, someone screenshotted at least three examples of pilots totally injured. And they still have the mandate in place that has not ended. Remember, people people need to understand. A lot of people think the die is cast. If you already got it, you got it. If not, not. But where it's most relevant is like for teenagers. Think about teenagers. They were the most illogical candidates for the vaccine, even when we didn't think it was that bad at the beginning. So rightfully, any normal teenager wouldn't have gotten it. Okay? These are the people you want in your military. Those people... Let's say they didn't have to get it now, but they're coming of age. They're turning 18, meaning they want to join the military or just go to college, get a degree, go to medical school. They still have those mandates on. It's not just on the ones who are in the system. It's the new ones. You can't come to college if you didn't get the shots. That's still going on everywhere. Still going on. Sometimes you have to show you have to show three shots or a shot within the last five months or whatever. To this day, there's no emergency impetus in the reddest of states to hold emergency sessions and shut this freaking down. It's shocking. And Republicans are going to pass this NDAA with the, with the wokeness and all the bad stuff in the military without addressing it. But it authorizes $847 billion in spending, 10% more than FY 2022 levels. And it funds all sorts of Ukraine stuff. So th- this is what they're bragging about. They increased the military budget by 10%. To do what? To do what? Only bad could come out of any promotion of the federal government at this point. It's all pain and no gain. That is the reality of what we all face. I know it's disquieting. I know it's bad. Now, by the way, I didn't have time to get to this, but more along the lines of the theme that picture picture a, a conduit, a pipe. It's supposed to flush out a sewer. But if you have the wrong pressure on the wrong angle, it could back up and be a conduit for the sewer to come to you. So the purpose of the federal government was to interpose 
between the people and foreign encroachments and influences and certainly attacks and invasion. And now, as we as we noted on the theme of the day, they're literally a conduit and and you know most dramatically uh, depicted in that video put out by Bill Malugin with them o- opening the gates that the Texas Guard closed. There's another case of the IRS. Um, Aaron Friedman, he worked in the Treasury Department under Trump. And he has an op-ed out today at the at, at Opinion Journal, Wall Street Journal. If you like the IRS, you'll love the global minimum tax. Janet Yellen urges other countries to impose levies on U.S. companies in violation of the Constitution. And basically, I don't have time to go through it, but read it, that this is something that they're going to start thinking of, of international taxation. Okay, don't don't think twice that they wouldn't implement this. And the corporations, again, they're all behind it. They game it out. They're part of the system. Who do you think it's going to affect? The corporations they don't like, the companies they don't like. And again, this is another action item. It's, it's, it's one of the things in our last chapter on the book to reinstate the Nuremberg Code. But it goes beyond medical freedom as well and to other freedoms that we need an ironclad resolution in every county and state that we control to preemptively nullify any international obligations, taxes, regulations, pandemic treaties, Agenda 2030, standards, anything, and to criminalize its enforcement and to have civil penalties and causes of action against it. So this international taxation is another another new thing. But again, all it is, it's, it's now serving as a conduit to take all of the bad influences that our founders wanted to get away from, from the rest of the world that didn't have that liberty-minded spirit and um, principles of governance, it's now bringing it in. And by the way, just on the border, I I do want to say this. This is something I spoke about extensively even under Trump. The border wall is, is, is a straw man. And this is one of the things that brings it out. The border wall is no longer the issue. It's not a logistical problem. It's a malfeasance problem. It's a legal problem. Our government is bringing them in. So you could build a fence, but the problem is the fence is obviously recessed. I forget how many feet, and it does depend on whether you're in the more deserty areas or mountainous areas in Arizona. But it's recessed into our territory. So technically, there's, you know, let's just say 20 feet of land that's U.S. territory, not Mexico, um, especially where you don't have a Rio Grande. But even with the Rio Grande, they don't put it right on the river for a bunch of ecological reasons. So you're stepping on U.S. soil. They're now saying they have an obligation to bring them in. So this wasn't just a funny video that you see them you know, actually inviting them in. They do that all the time. Even where you have a fence, because you have a fence in a lot of areas now, but even where you have it, they'll go and get them and bring them in. So it's not just an invasion that they're failing to staunch. They're orchestrating it and bringing it in so it prevents the states from even doing anything. Again, the federal government is a terrorist organization, and I will stand behind that. It's time we focus on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter, the strategies that matter. This is the difference between this show and every other one. That's why I thank you for making this such a fast-growing show. Go to C19 Truth Bombs for my Telegram account to you know, keep updated hour to hour. Uh, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is the email. Conservativereview.com and theblaze.com. I have columns at both. Sometimes there's overlap. Sometimes you know there's one and not the other. So always check out both. 
And then, as always, you guys, by juicing up the five-star ratings, we have really climbed um, the the rankings now. We're almost kind of where all the other Blaze shows are. Steve Dace, Ali, Stucky, and Jason Whitlock were really climbed up into the top, you know, 60, 70 um, in all of news on iTunes. And it's just really a testament to your loyalty. I thank you so much. And uh, we will have a little bit more of an abbreviated week next week, but we'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. God bless y'all. Micah 6-8. Thank you for listening.